and welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm Brad Humphrey, your host, and today we're sponsored by Caterpillar and ForwardConstructionPros.com. Working with me today will be Jason Hurtis, the Caterpillar Global Market Professional. Joining us also will be Lonnie Fritz, Senior Market Professional who specializes in the construction industries, and Scott Hageman, Senior Market Professional specializes in grade control technology. How are you guys doing today? Very good, Brad. Thank you. Doing well. Good, Brad. All right. Well, today we're uh, we're going to talk about something that quite honestly is almost like the 800-pound gorilla, I guess. We're going to talk about how to what some angles that we can take on the safety tips. Don't no one in this uh, this podcast and those listening will doubt uh, that what the COVID nineteen virus has done to this country, not much less just our industry, what it's done for us, and it really has changed some of the new normals. But the good news is, and I say that knowing that there are states, people listening to us right now from states that are more uh, along this line. Some may still be a little bit a staff a step behind, but some of the safeguards. What safeguards might you recommend? guys, to our contractors, as we all sort of learn this new balance of the new normal, who wants to kick us off with this one? Because I know that there are some things that we're just going to have to continue to do, but what might be some of the things we're going to have to do as leaders, uh, owners, and contractors to to protect our workers and still stay within the boundaries of what the government may be setting up for us? Brad, I think we just need to keep it simple, but also be very, very, um, take it very seriously, you know, implement and deploy all the rec- recommendations and, and mandated precautions, you know, to social distance, mm-hmm. sanitize tools and equipment and facilities, whether it be the office, in the yard, in the field office, you know, the machines themselves. Um, you know, it really raises the bar on, on being a lot uh, cleaner and uh, really looking at that hygiene of the job site and throughout the entire industry, you know, providing the necessary personal protective equipment, um, communicating. You know, there's a lot of new plans out there and a new way we're going to work, whether it's here at Caterpillar and the way we're going to be doing temperature checks or on the job sites and factories and and large commercial establishments. Um, So, you know, we have new plans, communicate those, train the workers and and also set the accountability standards. You know, here's what we have to do. And uh, unfortunately, here's what happens if they're not followed because it's in the best best benefit um, for all of us. Yeah, exactly. Jason, any thoughts on that? I think our industry holistically has a leg up on lots of other industries. I mean, the, the regulation from OSHA and IMSHA, you know, have, have put safety at the forefront of most of our contractors' minds. Um, the details that Lonnie just mentioned, you know, have been increased because of the current situation. But a year from now, there's going to be another situation or something very similar. So I think the best practices that a lot of our uh, customers and contractors and quarries and mines already have in place are just going to be, um, you know, further enhanced. And I hope other industries kind of look to our industry as the leader of, you know, how do you protect people with PPE, you know, face shields, cleanliness, eye washing stations, hand washing stations, etc. I, I really hope that they look to our industry as kind of the the flagship or the benchmark of, of safety overall. Scott, can you add anything to punctuate this topic for just a moment? Yeah, I'd like to expand on Lonnie's keep it simple. We, we have this saying out there that's been around for a while, you know, uh, say something or see something, say something. If you see something, say something, that's been going on for a while, but 
how about a new one? If you don't understand, ask why. Because we're <laughs> going to have some new issues. We're going to have some new processes. We're going to have some new ways that we work around and things, how we do things. But if that doesn't make sense, let's go ahead and ask why, because maybe there's a better way to train our people or whether better way to explain or maybe even a better way to safely do something that makes sense to people. Boy, amen on that. And I, and I, and I really do appreciate uh, keeping things simple. Uh, we know that especially in light of what we uh, will probably talk in other podcasts about, that with the new workers coming in, many of them uh, who have no construction background. I mean, they, they might not even know the difference between a flathead and a, and a Phillips screwdriver. But, but the point is, is that these are the, these are the young people who are coming into our industry and we need them, but we may have to really scale back on what we're beginning to train on. Let, let's say on that for just a moment. You know, I, <laughs> I've, I've, you know, I've written more articles than I want to count probably in just in the last few months on just safety issues. It's probably the, the, the biggest talked about topic today anyway. Let's look at it, though, back to the equipment state. Let's stay on that equipment and safety for just another minute or two. Is there anything else you guys might recommend to contractors about you know, confirming that their people really are safe when working around equipment, whether they're operators or crew workers? And, and then this is not virus-related necessarily. I'm not excluding that. But, but just in general, what are some things that they need to be reminded of on how important it is to keep that safety and then how to do that maybe with some of the equipment that we see out in the field today. Lonnie, can you start us out with that one? Yeah, if we're looking at, you know, what should be done, the equipment, you know, that maybe be overlooked. And it, it's, again, I go back to simplicity. Um, and, and that's, you know, whether it be thorough tire inspections, you know, leverage that CAD inspect act, do a complete walk around, you know, make sure the backup alarms are working, you know, the lights, the steps, the handrails, simple as the glass, you know, getting reflections on a broken piece of glass. You know, if you can't see, everything else is off the table. Um, simple as a wiper test, you know, there's nothing worse than your wipers not working on your windshield that goes to rain and you can't see. Uh, Seatbelt inspections, you know, here at Caterpillar, we're trying to even change the color of the seatbelt so you can see if an operator has it on or not. Um, we've talked in previous podcasts about trash abatement, you know, just keeping the cab clean so something doesn't get under one of the pedals and, and give you the ride you're not expecting. Um, goes yeah. into the frame and the linkage, inspecting for any cracks, you know, and, and a lot of it also goes down to how are we using something? Are we abusing it? Too often, customers do not know the density, the loose cubic yard density of the material leads to overloading. Now we've exceeded, you know, the design standards of the braking system. So when we look at equipment in general, what is often not being performed and what options we have there, you know, to get better as an industry, again, um, not trying to blame anybody. We all have areas of improvement, but these are just some of those quick wins that we encourage our customers to look at. And, um, and, and also tried not to be so distracted out there on the job site. Keep your eyes and your ears uh, tuned into the, all the moving parts on the site because the sites are very dynamic. They need to be or they're not progressing. Yeah, Jason, I know some of your area of specialty deals with such big equipment. Any other thoughts on this that would bring some light to some of these contractors on just, again, the significance and importance of doing that safety training on their equipment? Yeah, I think it starts at two levels. Brad, one is the management or the supervisor level. I mean, it could be as simple as a tailgate talk or a safety talk, you know, before the job even starts to kind of embed that culture with with the operators, kind of parroting what Scott said. You know, if you if you don't understand something, ask why you don't understand it, or maybe there's a better way to do it. I think a lot of that will be flushed out 
in the safety talks. And again, by the managers of the supervisors doing that, you know, the employees are going to kind of know, hey, safety is important. And I should be thinking about that. And I should at least be bringing it up if I see something because they are going to listen to me. The other half is on the employee or the operators or the mechanics themselves, you know, inspect their equipment, you know, do their daily walk arounds. Don't, don't just pencil whip it. Actually pay attention to the machine. Make sure you do it. Make sure you're comfortable in that machine. If you're not, ask for training, you know, ask for mentoring, something like that. I think it's, it's all hands on deck when it comes to safety and it has to start with management to, to build that culture and, and that safe uh, work environment, if you will. Uh, Scott, I, I, not to throw you on the spot, but I probably am. From a technical standpoint, how do you see the technology, uh, whether it's Caterpillar or anybody else? What is technology? How does technology play into the safety uh, area that for con- for contractors? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, Brad, there's two different examples I'd like to give. The first one would be with our machines nowadays, we're putting sensors in locations we've never had before. And once again, getting that feedback from the machine of, we'll say, the unstableness of a hydraulic excavator. So we've got a lift chart that we put a nice lift chart inside the cab, but some people don't understand how to read that lift chart. Now with some of the technologies, we can actually have the display tell them when they're in an unstable area of lifting something in, in front of them. And then the next thing would be, when you get in this scenario, what do you do next? So a lot of us are, unfortunately, shake the head, yes, when somebody asks, do you know what to do and do you understand? But do we really know what to do? So come up to your employee and say, if you were lifting something and your tracks would start to come off the ground, or you're, you know, you're lifting something with a tractor in the bucket and the loader would start to come back, the wheels come back off the ground in the back, what do you do? You know, what first thing do you do safely besides jumping out of the machine is not the option whatsoever, but try to run some scenarios so that if it would ever happen, God forbid, they know what to do because they practice it at once instead of just shaking their head to their supervisor one Monday morning at the safety meeting. Scott, let me interrupt you for a moment. If you're done, if you're not done, I'll let you finish. You just said something that really woke me up. And that is, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, run a test simulation or test. You know, we, we sometimes will, uh, you know, for insurance purposes, we'll test our fire, uh, fire alerts, fire alarms in our buildings and those kind of things. But you know what? It, it's interesting you bring that up. I have never, ever seen, I can't, I can't think of one example where I've been at a job site, maybe on a GC job site, you might see it, but on a smaller job site where a subcontractor uh, specialist is working, whether it's concrete or paving or seal cut, I have never once ever heard of a contractor do any kind of a safety test. What could be the benefit of that? Oh, it's just the communication, Brad, you know, what to do if this happened. And even if it was enough that, you know, a machine caught fire, how do you get out of the way? Where are the fire extinguishers on that machine? Where do you go to safely get out of the way and account of everybody? We do that in our offices all the time, but we never really expand out there to the job site Mm -hmm. when this thing's happened. I agree with you. You know, I, I, we're coming down to, to sort of a time uh, restriction here. Boy, we could go on for hours on this one too. <laughs> but let me ask you one more question because I think this will, I think all of you know exactly where I'm coming from. 
you know, most of the contractors, the majority of our contractors in the United States, you know, are less than that 10 to 15 million in revenue a year. And so because of that, one position that is often not formally hired for, but it's picked up on by one of the managers is safety. And, and most of our, the majority of contractors really don't have a full-time designated safety manager. In those contractors' situations, guys, what advice can we give them to ensure that they can still have workers that work with a bit of peace of mind that safety is part of their environment while they're working? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd just share with you, Brad, you know, big or small, I, I continue to applaud the industry for taking safety so seriously. Yep. It is a risky industry. It's risky business. It usually rates as, uh, ranks as number one. But uh, in taking it serious, it goes back to really putting in the time and the resources. You know, we talked about safety walkthroughs and run-throughs, fire drills and alarms and all that stuff. Um very, very important to to really align with other industries. Um, mm. We think sometimes we may be a little immune to that, but really getting down to the heart of the topic here is is have a well-defined safety program. Mm. If you are a contractor out there that does not have a safety manual, I encourage you to take that as a key takeaway. After you have developed that program, written program, articulate that and inform the requirements of the program to your entire staff. Have them show their buy-in. You need buy-in from the top, cascaded all the way throughout the organization. Have them sign off. Yes, I've read it. I understand it. Train on what you expect. Enforce those rules. Have the buddy system. You know, again, mm -hmm. use the buddy system. Hey, bud, need your vest on. Hey, we forgot mm -hmm. our hard hats. Let's go back to the truck. Uh, yeah. We're over four feet deep. We need a ladder in this trench. Look right. out for each other and, and really um, continue to take it very serious. It's number one. Nobody wants to get injured. Nobody wants to lose a coworker um, uh, to injury to injury of an industry and a job you're so passionate about due to, due to being negligent. Yeah, and I would add to add to that just a little bit, and that is for the contractor who is uh, perhaps um, sends the crews out to other locations, uh, geography wise, geographically, where they go to other communities where they're not familiar with where the local hospital is mm -hmm. or the local clinic shops, that kind of stuff. We often sometimes write that off, and it's amazing how many uh, contractors do have crews that will do what I call stayouts in other geographical locations, other markets. And they, the guys go there with, with almost a blank card. Uh, they have no idea where some of these uh, safety uh, facilities could be. So that's another thing to add to your thinking process, contractors, as you prepare your own crews, not only for when they're working locally, but when they're working you know, somewhere else. Jason, do you have anything you can add to that that, that would spice it up just a, a little bit here too? Well, in my world with quarrying aggregates, before you can really step on the site, you have to go through site-specific training, you know, where they'll tell you where the wash stations are, you know, what their different sirens mean, where the safe place is at, the rally points. Um, and I think that needs to be spread across, you know, all industries, construction, general construction, yeah. landscaping, um, and be as formalized as what it is in the, in the quarries. And the last example, I think it was last year, I was working with a customer in Australia and we got to a safety topic and I said, well, can I talk to your safety manager? And uh, the individual I was talking to said, yeah, we have 300 of them. Every employee <laughs> here is a safety manager. Right. Yeah, They're responsible for themselves and they're responsible for the people next to them. So you can talk to all of us because we're all responsible for the same thing, regardless yeah. of title. 
Well, that's a great way to close this this podcast out. Folks, if you've been listening to this, hey, go back, listen to this. There's some specific information in there that could help you. And there's so many things going on a day. And of course, we've got the essential business classification for many of us, most of us in construction, which has been a blessing in one sense. Uh, but as we come out of this uh, this pandemic, uh, that seems to have dominated our thinking, uh, but it's also put us in a timeline here where, you know, there are some things that probably have changed and will change forever, I guess, moving forward. But certainly safety has got to continue, as it is for most contractors at the top of the list for things to be careful of with their workers. Hey, thank you for listening. We appreciate uh, the input from Jason and Lonnie and Scott, as usual, and there are experts uh, on a lot of so many of these topics. But uh, it's the contractors out there that are making it happen. Best of luck to you. Stay safe. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you. Want more tips from Caterpillar experts? Go to cat.com and select the construction industries page.